Oh, you're live? Sorry. Wait. Microphone's off. Do you know what's going on? No idea. I've checked every other station. They're all putting out the government's emergency broadcast. Seek shelter, wait for instructions, all that. We have to do the same. Hold up. You're asking me? Look, I'm just the jazz host, okay? Red always does the tech for me, but he just ran out when the sky changed color. Are we safe in here? In the radio station? I have no idea. At least we have electricity. Look out the window and everything is dark. And we're broadcasting. I don't know how, but we're broadcasting. That's a fitting song you've got playing. The future's so bright. <laughs> yeah, it's been my theme music. Been on a loop for who knows how long. Uh, look, we need to connect to the emergency broadcast and get out of here. Is there a way to do that with the internet down? I don't know. There has to be. Uh, what, what's your name? Jess. But I don't know anything. I just came down here because it seemed... safe. Safer... safer than the street. Look, I've never done anything on the radio before. Okay, Jess. I need you to find the manual. Manual? Yeah, it's a big fat binder with the station's procedures. Uh, the Bible, if you like. Uh, can you get it? I'll look around. By the way, the on-air sign out here? Yeah, it's on. What? The on-air sign. It's lit up. I think your microphone might be on. <coughs> Good evening, and sorry if you heard any of that. You're tuned to Dark Glasses here on CFRC. 101.9 FM and K... What the heck? If you're listening to this, it's because every other station is giving you the government emergency broadcast, or it's just playing crappy pop music as the whole world comes. I don't know what is going on out there. The sky, which I can see through the window of this studio, is changing from red to green to blue to yellow, all against a deep black... Occasionally there's a dart of something across it, a shadow, maybe a military aircraft, and that sound that keeps roaring? I don't know, I don't, I don't know. But we're going to do the responsible thing here at CFRC and play for you the same emergency broadcast as everyone else, so that there is no confusion. In the meantime, you should seek shelter, wait for instructions. I don't know how we are still broadcasting here, but the dials in front of me say we are... So we will broadcast. I found it, but it doesn't say anything about Folks, if you're listening, we're going to patch you through to the emergency signal momentarily. But in the meantime, here's some... Uh, Louis Armstrong, What a Wonderful World. Yikes. I see trees of green Red roses too I see them blue For me and you And I think to myself Am I on? Uh, uh, testing, one, two, three. Can you, can you hear me? Why am I asking you? Uh, okay. Um, my name is Jess. I'm a volunteer. Am I a volunteer? I never did any training. <laughs> uh, guess I'm the freaking station manager now. <laughs> and in the absence of anyone else, I'm your host. Uh, when people's phones went dead all at once, 
I was at the Tim Hortons. Everybody was freaking out. The TV showed footage of the sky like it is now, and that sound. New York, Tokyo, a farm in New Jersey, Parliament Hill in flames. Everywhere. Where am I going to go? No better way to end the world than to be on the very last broadcast, eh, folks? There's a phone in front of me, a landline. Still a ringtone. Uh, the number is, um, uh, give me a sec. Uh, the number is, uh, let me find it. Um, the number is 613-533-2372. That's what the binder says. If you have a phone that works, try the number. Maybe we can update people about what's happening. Or we can just talk. Oh god, what was that? Um, sorry folks, there's, uh, um, I think we're okay. Okay, uh, <laughs> you must think I'm nuts to be sitting here in this dingy basement instead of running. But run where? And you should see the record collection in this place. That'll keep me entertained so long as the power stays on. Oh, and I, I have no clue how to set up the emergency government broadcast. Okay, what? Yeah, that's the landline ringing. Hello? Is that Jeff? Yes. How did you know my name? You said it on the air, and you gave the number. Oh. People are listening, and I have something to say. Maybe someone in the army or the government will hear it. Oh, go ahead. I guess we're a call-in show now. My name is Pearl. I'm a PhD candidate in astrophysics here at Queens. I'm calling you from the campus observatory. Everyone else is gone. Most of them ran. Some people just collapsed the last time there was a loud sound. They, uh, they didn't get back up. Uh, don't look outside when you hear the sound. Close your eyes. Maybe that's the trick. It's worked for me so far. Do you have electricity? Uh, no, but the landlines are still running. I didn't even know that the old phones use a different power grid than everything else. And I'm, you know, an astrophysicist. Anyway, I've got some telescopes pointed at the sky. Uh, they're rudimentary and unpowered, but I can see... Mm, I don't know how to describe it. Are you talking about the colors? No, no, not that. I pointed the telescope to where the moon should be. Uh, when the clouds pass momentarily, I can see the moon spinning fast. Uh, right next to it, there's a, a planet, much bigger than the moon. Like the Earth, but reddish. And there's no sign of water. There are long lines crisscrossing it, like canals. And the objects in the sky, they're going to and from the planet. So there's a red planet next to the spinning moon, and it's invading us? I'm not making this up. Those objects, look, they can't be man-made. Nothing human moves like that. It's as if, it's as if there's no law of gravity. Uh, when you hear the loud noises, those things... UFOs? UFOs, sure. They all move at once, as if in a dance, but violently. Have we found ourselves in the middle of an intergalactic war? One other thing. Um, my mom listens to this station. If she can hear me, I wanted to say I love you, Mom. 
Pearl? Are you okay? Pearl, are you there? We lost her. This is Jess, still here, broadcasting to you so long as we have power. Broadcasting the apocalypse. You can call me here at the station if you're one of those troglodytes who still has a landline. 613-533-2372. That's 613-53... This is the end of the world. Just speaking, how can I relay your Armageddon? Uh, hello. Uh, my name's Carl Phillips. I'm calling you from my farm near Brontanac Provincial Park. Halfway between my house and the crater... One of those things from the sky crashed. You say you're far from your house. Is your cell phone working? Oh, no, no, young lady. I have the longest landline cord this side of Winnipeg. Which I purchased one lazy Sunday afternoon near the uh, nickel mines outside Sudbury. Uh, was quite the day. Mosquitoes big as here. Carl, uh, you were saying something about a crater? Oh, sure, sure, yes, uh. Well, I used to be a reporter for the CBC. Some other folks have gathered here in front of where the object crashed. It could have been a flying saucer. Your last guess was, was right about the uh, sound and the sky. My wife, she went with the first one. I'm so sorry. So, I, I don't know where to begin. It's like something out of one of those superhero Avenger movies. There's the uh, thing right in front of me, sticking out of the big, perfectly round hole in the ground. Pieces of wood all over, splinters of a tree that used to be here. It isn't a rock or a meteor, though. This thing has been designed. Shape is like a big uh, cylinder. How large is it? Uh, 20 meters. I'm going to ask the professor. Yeah, 20 meters wide. I don't know how long. Metal is, uh, I've never seen anything like it. It's a color sort of yellowish-white. People are getting close to it. The cops are here. They're mostly concerned with the sky. What happened? Did you see the thing fall? Well, I was listening to the radio. Dark Glasses, my favorite show. But Daniel kept playing the same song over and over again. Uh, yeah, I get it already. Anyways, I was fading in and out. I heard something, a hissing sound, uh, like, like, it's kind of like fireworks. Then what? Turned my head out the window, would have sworn I was dreaming. The sky was shifting colors like we are on a different planet. And I saw a kind of greenish streak, then bang, something hit the ground, knocked me right out of my chair. Are you all right? Well, I'm fine, but, uh, Mel didn't wake up after that. Look, Police are scared. There has to be dozens of cars parked in my field. Some of the headlights are lighting up the pit. A few idiot students are getting near the edge. You can see their long shadows over the object. That's it. That's the sound. Everyone cover your eyes. Oh, no. No, this is different, Jessica. Jess. Uh, pardon? It's, it's Jess, not Jessica. Oh, uh, well, that's just figures. Uh, listen, the sound is coming from inside the object. I'll 
move the phone closer. Hang on. Did I tell you if this is the longest landline this side of Winnipeg? Okay. All right, now we're a few feet away. Can you hear it now? Better. Hey, Professor, any Your math genius, this one. I'll pass the phone. Hello, this is Professor Bathurst. Hello, Professor. Oh, hello. Uh, I will note the unequal cooling of its surface, evident from the various hues and the heat distortion of the air above. The metal casing is definitely extraterrestrial. Friction with the Earth's atmosphere usually tears a hole in a meteorite, but this exterior is smooth, and uh, as you can see, it's of a cylindrical shape. Just a minute. What we need is to flake off. It's not possible. The unscrewing teeth. It's levitating above the rest. Professor? Carl? Carl, can you hear me? Yes, we're still with you, Carl. Amazing. They've ransacked the place. These people, where are they going to get and go faster? Stupid cord. farm near Frontenac Provincial Park. There are creatures in the sky and alien cylinders landing in fields. This is straight out of science fiction. The sky is bright green now, almost like daylight, but not at all. Well, here we go again. Hello. This is the end of the world hotline, Jess speaking. How may I cover your personal catastrophe? This is no time for that kind of humor, young lady. Over. 
Dude, you called me. If you want laced up, call the CBC. The CBC transmitter is down. This is Colonel Matthew Smith, Canadian Armed Forces, CFB Kingston. The entire region is now under martial law. Stay in your homes, wait for instructions. We are fighting back. Over. Colonel, do you know how I activate the government emergency broadcast system? Don't put that on. Keep this broadcast going. The information you are broadcasting is vital to us. I repeat, your broadcast is vital. If you have a landline, call this number. Tell us what is happening where you are. We need to see what you can see and understand the enemy's movements. Over. But no jokes. This is a serious situation. Thanks for letting everyone know, Colonel. Keep broadcasting. As long as you have power and End of the world, how can we help you? <laughs> I was just at the farm where the creature came out of the pit. I got out of there before it killed everyone. I heard it on your broadcast in my car. I don't know. I don't know what's more miraculous. Finding a payphone at the gas station from what I'm calling you. Discovering two quarters under my passenger seat. Or the fact that the payphone's actually in service. There's also the miracle that I still have power and continue to broadcast. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Jessica, the thing that came out of the pit, the machine on three legs, it's heading due south, straight for Kingston. My name's Jess, but that doesn't matter. Uh, what do you think it is? This is not in any way to be taken as authoritative. I can't say anything about the nature or purpose or origin of these things. It's evident that these things have scientific knowledge far in advance of our own. But I can speculate about their primary weapon. I'll call it a heat ray. From what I saw, they are able to generate an intense heat in a chamber of practically absolute non-conductivity. This is projected in a parallel beam by means of a polished parabolic mirror composition unknown, much like the mirror of a lighthouse projecting a beam of light. The beam incinerates everything in its path at temperatures that must be akin to the surface of the sun. It's utterly extraordinary. Such power. Why are they bothering with a heat ray when they can kill everything with that sound? Apparently, the sound cannot provide the solution to the problem of every individual human being. Not with you, not with me. The sound comes first and then the heat ray. I cannot even conceive of the horrors which might follow. They're here to exterminate us, Jessica. Jess. Uh, okay. What do they want? Uh, I don't know. But I want to find out. I'm going to follow the thing. Don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything stupid? Tonight we're all stupid by virtue of being human. Goodbye. Folks... If you're just tuning in, my name is Jess, not Jessica, and I'm your host for the end of the world here on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston. The station binder says to always remind people of what they're listening to, so I think you can say for a first-time station volunteer, I am knocking it out of the park. If you have a landline, the number here is 613-533-2372. The Army says that it's critical this broadcast goes on.
Popeye's Chicken, just speaking. Popeye's Chicken? You wish. This is Captain Lansing, Canadian Army. We put together a contingent of survivors from the base, and we're arriving at the site of a different crater, southeast of the one at the Frontenac Farm. To all military units, our coordinates are 44 degrees, 16 minutes, 36.2 seconds north. 76 degrees, 29 minutes, 37.8 seconds west. How are you calling? Relay by radio to the landline at RMC. We still have some tech wizards alive. What's the situation, Captain? All quiet here. The cylindrical object, which lies in a pit directly below our position, is surrounded on all sides by mechanized troops and three helicopters from CFB Trenton. We're without any artillery or heavy pieces. But we've got rifles and machine guns plenty of grenades. Despite the color of the sky, we're in control. And it looks like we have the thing scared into a cocoon. The aliens, whatever they are, they won't even poke their heads above the pit. Anyway, it's an interesting night for us. It almost looks like a real war. Hoo-ah! Captain, I would be extremely careful. These creatures are not- the smoke is coming from the pit. Maybe that's how it shows fear. One of the platoons is deploying on the left flank. A quick approach, and it will all be over. Wait a minute. I see something on top of the cylinder. No, it's a shadow. Now the guys are on the edge of the farm. 700 armed soldiers closing in on an old metal tube like white on rice. Wait. Something is moving. Solid metal. Kind of like a shield. Coming up out of the cylinder going higher and higher. My god. It's standing on legs. A sort of metal framework like like the Eiffel Tower. Now it's reaching above the trees. Our searchlights are on it! Preparing to fire! Hold on! We have another call. Hello, this is the end of the world. Just speaking. Jessica, please hold for the Minister of Public Safety. Well now, the big shots are calling. You are connected. Hello? Fellow Canadians, our nation is under attack. I will try not to conceal the gravity of the situation that confronts our country, and indeed all nations. Most homes, businesses, and government services are currently without electricity. Cellular communications are down completely. The beings have not attempted any contact, and therefore, as of nine minutes ago, in an undisclosed location, the acting prime minister and the remaining cabinet, in an emergency meeting, decided that Canada is effectively at war. Martial law is in effect throughout the country. All military, police, and emergency personnel are required to report to duty immediately. I ask each and every one of you, citizens, soldiers, public servants, all of you, to understand that the government of Canada is doing everything it can to defend our territory, protect our people, and restore our way of life. We have made contact with our NATO allies. The Royal Canadian Air Force is in the skies side by side with U.S. aircraft. Troops are moving forward to engage the enemy from coast to coast to coast. Our ships are in position around the world, and they are tracking the objects in the sky. This enemy may have technological prowess that we have never seen, and evil beyond our understanding. But it has never faced the resilience of Canadians, of human beings, 
The enemy landing sites are confined and vulnerable. The Canadian Armed Forces are working at this very instant to surround the creatures and force them to go back to where they came from. We will drive out what we cannot destroy. In the meantime, I ask each of you to stay in your homes, keep tuned to the radio, and wait for further instructions. Thank you, and good luck. Minister, do we stand a chance against these aliens? Please stand by for the French translation of this message. Hello? Can you read me? Yes, loud and clear. I'm connected by radio to Norman Rogers Airport. And from there, I patched in through via landline. My name is Bert Langham. I'm a pilot. I'm currently circling Kingston in the Frontenac area. The runway has been destroyed, and there's nowhere to land. I'm running low on fuel. I won't be up here much longer. Are there objects in the sky with you? Yes, hundreds of them, and they all move at once when the sound starts. But like you said, I've closed my eyes and I've been safe from it. The objects avoid me, like they don't care. Like they know I'll run out of fuel eventually, so why bother? What can you see, Bert? I see three of those machines visible above treetops, moving eastward toward Gananoque, with people fleeing ahead of them. Three legs, each of them, like camera tripods, and moving as fast as a freight train. I don't know how. They stop to uproot power lines, bridges, and railroad tracks. Wherever they go is a thick black fog at their feet, spreading faster than any fog should spread. It might be poisonous gas, because nothing moves once inside of it. Are they trying to exterminate us? I would say their objective is to crush resistance and paralyze communications. In another field I passed a few minutes ago, A cylinder, similar to the first one you reported, was embedded in a swamp. That was just northeast of Belleville. There are army units moving towards it, probably before the cylinder can be opened. They are taking up position. When I was in Toronto, there was a whole bunch of fighter jets flying through the colored sky. All of them were shot down in a fury of fire. Are you still there? Still here. Listen. I'm going to try and take out one of these tripods before my fuel runs out. I don't know if it will work. One of those monsters will make a better runway than whatever else this bleak countryside can come up with. We've all got to do our part. Over and out. You can land in a field, Birch! You can- We've got multiple callers. I'm switching to another line. Hello? Hello. Can you read me? Yes. This is Captain Lansing calling you back. They decimated us. It's me and a few others. The truck with the radio relay from RMC. Guns don't work. Bounce right off. The aliens have another weapon. A black smoke. It's racing towards us now. Faster than we can drive. It's useless. Watch for the black smoke. Attention all military units. Get your gas masks. Lansing? Captain Lansing? End of the world. Just speaking. Go ahead. Hello, dear. My name is Margaret. I'm calling from St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church in Kingston. We're all praying here. Hello, Margaret. When I was a little girl, my grandfather read to me a story like this. Aliens in the sky, I remember, from Mars. 
They did not want to communicate. They did not want to come to an agreement. They only wanted us to. I always wondered why he told me that story. All of the other ones were friendly and kind and warm. They were earthbound. But the one from Mars always sent shivers down my spine. Jessica? Yes? I thought your listeners would like to hear the voices of what remains of our choir now, at the end. I hope it's not the end. Oh, me too, dear. Me too. We'd like to hear them. All right. Yes, Margaret, we did. Thank you. The black smoke is coming through the doors now. The choir has gone to sleep one by one. I feel it too. Good night, Kingston. Good night, Jessica. You've done a wonderful job on your first night as a radio volunteer. That was no CD. Those were the beautiful voices of St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. Uh, Kind of an awkward pause while we're on the air, I'm sorry. Um... There are no calls coming in. Silence. I'm learning that it isn't always easy to fill the space on the air. Would that have been lesson four or lesson five of volunteer training? More silence. I know my jokes aren't funny. They're for me. I would say this place is kind of creepy if the whole world wasn't also kind of creepy right now. Sometimes you just want to take a minute, just a minute, to remember 
and reflect and just think, I don't know if I should even be doing this. I could have run. I could have made it somewhere and instead I'm a sitting duck in a university basement. The expectation to fill the silence of a broadcast, to keep talking, to keep plugging away, and my lips move, and my voice comes out, and my brain clicks along, and you hear me talk, and all along I wish I could just take one minute. Still no calls. A few minutes ago, the phone was ringing off the hook. These creatures, these aliens, this invasion, it's happening so fast. If you have a report from where you are, please call 613-533-2372. Or if you just want to fill the void with me. We need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. I'm sorry if... Oh god, they're here! What are you doing here? We're live, on the air. What about the emergency broadcast? Can you read ancient Greek? Huh? Yes, I'm a historiographer. Why? Oh, because I was going to make a joke about how the station manual is written in ancient Greek, but then you just killed the joke. Listen, you need to get out of here. We've gathered as many people as we could find and we're going down into the sewers. It's time for you to leave. I can't. The military said they need the broadcast to continue. Uh, the listeners need me. They've been your listeners for five minutes. Forget the listeners. Forget the emergency broadcast. It's time to go. I'm staying. I'll be back. Do you hear that? One of the tripod machines. Going away now. Maybe they have aliens inside steering them. Or they're drones, unmanned killing machines paving the way for whatever comes next. Who knows? And just like that, it's so quiet. Who is it who said the world would end not with a bang, but with a whisper? I guess it's both. It's T.S. Eliot. That's it! And it's whimper, not whisper. Oh, well, we always value listener feedback here on CFRC. Captain Lansing, isn't it? Roger. And it goes, this is the way the world ends. Not with a bang, but a whimper. Where are you? I'll be there in a minute. Is there black smoke? No, not yet. I saw it flow down King Street really fast, but it didn't go down the other roads. It'll come, though. Can we block the station doors? I've been wearing this gas mask for forever. We can try. I'm on my way. Listeners... If you're out there with your battery-powered radios and you've survived the sounds and the heat rays and the black smoke and the mass panic, if you're still there, you're probably wondering why I'm still here and why I'm letting someone else come in here with me. 
truth is, I have no idea. I guess we're all in the same boat. We all have to trust one another now for these last moments. Maybe we'll survive these things, this invasion. Between you and me, I didn't trust the government speech. We don't have these things surrounded. Sounds like just the opposite to me. But maybe one day the sky will be blue again with white clouds drifting across. Maybe these aliens will have some fatal flaw. I don't know. (laughs) I never thought I'd hack it at the end of the world. I thought I'd just give up. But here I am, broadcasting to you, waiting for a stranger to join me. And I'll broadcast that too. Is the microphone on? No. Where did you come from? Originally? All over. Uh, grew up mostly in Saskatchewan. I was stationed at Moose Jaw for a while. Is there food here? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's lots of canned goods in the back. Must have been some kind of food drive recently. That's good. We can survive off that until we're ready. Ready? To fight. Is that all you macho army bros know how to do? Better than lie down and die. Look, I'm not saying we just start shooting. Those of us that have made it this far, it's not even a real war anymore. Unless there was ever a war between homo sapiens and ants. You think they're going to treat us like ants? Seems like they're taking a lot more trouble than just stepping on those they find scurrying around. Heat rays and black smoke and all that? Let's just say they've taken an interest in us. Kind of like a biologist who studies insects in one of those flat glass boxes. And right now, it seems like they're just killing us all. Hmm? But seven billion people on the planet? We're bound to survive, some of us. They'll begin catching us systematically, keeping the best and storing us in cages or cells. They haven't even started on us yet. And, uh, this is what you would do if you were in their position? Everything that's happened so far is because we're not smart enough to shut up. Screwing around with guns, and tanks, and planes, losing our minds. Now, instead of rushing around blind, we've got to get ourselves together. Think in a new way, according to the way things are now. Cities? Nations, civilization, progress, gone. I take it you have a good idea of what we can replace all of that with. Well, there won't be any more concerts at the K-Rock Center for a million years or so. They changed the name, you know. What? It's not the K-Rock Center anymore, it's the Leon's Center. Leon's. Like the furniture store. Yep. But everyone's going to think the arena's a furniture store. I don't think that matters anymore. Look, you gotta button up that attitude if you want to survive this. I want to live. You have to want to live. I'm not going to be exterminated. And I don't mean to be caught either. And tamed. And fattened. And bred. Like cattle. What are you going to do? 
not stay here. You can come with me. I found another gas mask off a sergeant on Princess Street. We'll go on, you and me, and whoever else we find that is strong and sturdy and ready to follow orders. We'll live right under their feet. You know, not everyone is made for the wild. All those students and professors and office workers that used to live in these houses, they're no good. They haven't been anywhere, dealt with anything, experienced adversity. They would just run off to school or work, iPhones glued to their faces. Billions of them, shaking their fists at the morning traffic to play yes man to a low-life boss or play Candy Crush through a half-dead lecture, running home at night, afraid of another mishap with their pizza order, lives insured and little invested, and on weekends or holidays, they'd spent it all away. They didn't prepare, didn't think, didn't stretch their minds or bodies. Aliens will be a godsend for them. Nice cages, adequate food, careful breeding. Somewhere out there now, running around in empty fields, in empty streets, on empty stomachs, faced with us, those people will be glad to be caught by E.T. And the aliens will be pets to some, train them to do tricks. Who knows? Might get sentimental over the pet boy who grew up and had to be butchered for dinner. Captain Lansing, it's... Captain Lansing, isn't it? You can call me Miles. Miles, right. The aliens arrived in their flying saucers with their killer sound waves and devastating heat rays, like, minutes ago. They are destroying our civilization and maybe our species faster than we could possibly do it with our own primitive nuclear weapons. They are literally raining fire on every single person alive. And I don't know if I have a friend or family member left. And then the time it took for our planet to get wiped out, you've thought up your master plan? I get the feeling you've been waiting for something like this for a while. That's right. You should have seen my bug out bag. By the way, do you want some M&Ms? They are the best thing to carry in an apocalypse. High in sugar calories per weight, easy to pack tight, and absolutely delicious. Peanut or plain? Peanut, of course. Here's something I don't get. You think I'm one of the strong ones? That doesn't make the slightest sense to me. I'm an English major. My idea of a strong hierarchy is the appendix of a Game of Thrones. You are one of the smart ones. And that's what counts now. So, where are we smart ones supposed to live when the aliens own the Earth? Underground. The sewers. Under Toronto are miles and miles of them. The main ones are big enough for anybody. And there's cellars, vaults, underground storerooms, railway tunnels, subways. You get it now, eh? And we'll get a bunch of strong people together. No weak ones. They're out. The Walking Dead. And we just carry on? Stay alive until... You and me, we are just the beginning. We can start things all over again. Better than this. Better than government cronies. Our children will lead at the top of the human food chain. The next phase of humanity. I hope you find someone to go with you. 
And uh, if I'm catching your drift to bear your children, yeah, you can count me out of that. I chose you. I'm staying with the station. When the black smoke clears, you should get a head start. Folks, I think this is a good time for a change of music. You were live? We, we were on the air. We are on the air. Let's try this. October 31st, Halloween. Still have electricity somehow and still broadcasting, amazingly. Captain Lansing left this morning. He stayed over, took all the food he could carry in his rucksack, and left. No black smoke. November 2nd. So I've got this song stuck in my head. And it's, uh, it's, uh, I just can't remember. I know it has, like, a really weird name. It's like the, I get knocked down, and I get up again. But I, I have no idea. I cannot figure it out. I will update you if I do. November 3rd. Weird color in the sky is still there. It doesn't look like it's leaving anytime soon. But, uh, no, here's hoping. November 4th. An alien tripod came right by the window this morning. I, I could have sworn it was going to see me. But it didn't. Just kept going. November 6th. I've had a lot of time for thinking. You know, going through like past arguments, things like that. Weird things you used to talk about with your friends. And, uh... And yeah, I was going back over this one I had with my with my brother the other day. And it sucks that I can't tell him that I'm sure now that I was right. I just can't. You know, Theo, if you're listening, I was so right. November 8th. I wish, I just wish I had my pillow here. You know, it's the, it's the little things that I find I'm missing right now. Just, just my own pillow, my own bed. Any bed would be nice, actually. November 11th. Getting real friendly with that Bob Marley poster we've got down here. Yeah, yeah, me and Bob had a had a bit too intense of a conversation today. I I need regular people. November 14th. My fitness schedule is on track. You know, getting the jumping jacks in doing laps. You know, keeping in shape in case you know I need to run anywhere at some point. Hope it's enough. 
November 16th. I think I found all the blankets that are down here, but it's really not enough today. It's it's a cold one. Um but I'm all I'm all bundled up. So, doing my best, moving around as much as I can. But the the nights have not been fun. November 18th. It's the middle of the night. I'm obsessed by the thought that I may be the last person on earth. I don't even hear the birds anymore. I have been hiding here in the station, a small island of daylight. All that happened before the sky changed colors and the other planet appeared next to the moon and the tripods roamed the earth... It all seems part of another life. A life that has no continuity with the present existence of the lone basement dweller who speaks these words into a radio microphone. Your host. Your host named Jess. That's who I was. I look down at my filthy hands, my pumps not meant for the end of times, my sweat-reeking clothes, and I try to connect them with the student who went to Queens and who on the night of October 30th saw it all go down and stayed alive for those few community radio listeners, if there are any of you left. My dad, my mom, my friends. Where are they? Did they ever exist? Does time even exist when the sky never changes from a constant roll of technicolor craziness? Does time pass when there are no human hands left to wind the clocks? In speaking out my daily life on this radio station, I tell myself this is human history. But to speak, I have to live. And to live, I have to eat. The food drive cans that Lansing didn't take for himself are getting low. Captain Lansing did a great job of securing the door, I'll say that. I'm looking out the window now. An alien is mounted way up on the tripod machine like a spider straddling the top of a radio tower. The huge metal legs brush against the limestone buildings. I'm tired. I might fall asleep. Here's some music for you. I'll play it so long as the magical underground generator keeps chugging. What a miracle that's turned out to be. Open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. Sun is streaming in the window. What? <laughs> 
Seriously, it's like a normal morning. This guy is not a 70s psychedelic slideshow anymore. The black cloud of gas has lifted. The street and the medical building across look like a, a snowstorm has just come through. I'm going outside. Uh, uh, Lansing left me that gas mask from the dead sergeant on Princess Street. I I have to go outside. Um, uh, I, I will I will be back. I made my way to the metro between Brock and Princess, not a soul around. Filled my backpack and pockets with crackers and canned vegetables that hadn't been ransacked. Charred skeletons in there. From the heat ray, I guess. The awful smell. I pushed on after that and came to some dead cows in Skeleton Park, of all places. How did they get there? Uh, kept wandering. Finally, I noticed a small squirrel. I stared at him. He stared back at me. I believe at that moment, the animal and I shared the same emotion. The joy of finding another living being. I pushed on. Ruins everywhere and no people. Then I saw a whole flock of blackbirds circling in the sky. Beneath them, the hood of one of the alien tripods poking out of Lake Ontario, visible from Montreal Street gleaming in the late afternoon sun. I went to Fort Henry, across an empty town. Empty of everything. Aliens included. From there I could see, standing in a silent row upon the ruined buildings of RMC, Nineteen of those tripod machines, lifeless, steel arms hanging dead by their sides, like a long line of entangled barbed wire. Then another flock of blackbirds. They circled to the ground, and right there in front of me, stark and silent, were the aliens, with the hungry birds pecking and tearing brown pieces of flesh. They looked sick, the bodies, like they died of disease. I, was that it? Did disease wipe them out? It could have been. Like the diseases brought by Europeans to this continent, clearing all in their path, convincing them that this was an untouched miracle waiting for settlement. Maybe the destruction of the aliens is only a pause. The future might still belong to them. It feels strange to sit in the radio station at Queen's University or what's left of it. Strange to see from the window what's become my window. A little piece. Will it be strange to watch children playing in the streets again? Strange to see people my age walking in the park where the new spring grass heals the last black scars of a bruised earth. Strange to watch the sightseers enter the museum, like the Canadian Museum of History in Ottawa, or the Smithsonian in Washington, where the dissembled parts of an alien machine will be kept on public view. 
Strange when I recall the time when I first saw the sky change colors on what I thought was humanity's last night. Now here I am. And the color is November blue once again. Daniel? It's all right. We're safe. We've been listening to you. Took a lot of double-A and triple-A batteries, I tell you, but we've been listening. Did you come back to do your jazz show? (laughs) I think you can take a break from the airwaves. Let me fill in. I thought you got defragmented by one of those things. Disintegrated? Whatever. Almost. Are people still calling in? No, the phone lines are completely down now. (laughs) Well, that's a relief. I never wanted to do a call-in show. All right. Well... Thanks to my listeners. I hope I've given you something. Some solace, or at least some good information in such crazy times. But really, I owe you. There there are no words. Uh, Whoever you are, whether thousands or a dozen or just one, or maybe nobody at all, I can honestly say that you saved my life. I'll see you. Hey everyone, welcome to Dark Glasses. You are listening to CFRC 101.9 FM in what is left of Kingston, Ontario, after an event that proved the usefulness of this medium, among other things. It's clear now that in the early years of the 21st century, This world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than ours and yet just as mortal as we are. We know now that as human beings busied themselves about their various concerns, they were being scrutinized and studied, perhaps almost as narrowly as someone with a microscope might look at the transient creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water underneath the microscope. With infinite complacence, people went about their little affairs, serene in the assurance of their dominion over this small spinning fragment of solar driftwood, which by chance or design we have inherited out of the dark mystery of time and space. Yet across an immense ethereal gulf, minds that to our minds as ours are to the beasts in the jungle intellects vast, cool, and unsympathetic, regarded this earth with envious eyes. They slowly and surely drew their plans against us. 2018 was the year of the Great Disillusionment. On one particular evening, October 30th, when only a handful of people were tuned in to this radio station, a brand new volunteer couldn't figure out how to switch on the government emergency broadcasting service, and everything changed around her forever. Thanks for tuning in. Happy Halloween, everyone. This has been a production of the War of the Worlds here on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. 
Exactly 80 years ago tonight, the Mercury Theatre on the air, under the leadership of Orson Welles, broadcast this radio drama on CBS networks all across North America for their own Halloween edition. It has been our honor to bring you this updated version. Tonight's production was based on the book, The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells, as well as the original 1938 radio play by Howard Koch. The script was adapted and the production was directed by Ben Charland. The producer was Mike Shepard. Playing the character Jess was Maddie Scoville. As Captain Lansing, Graham Banville. As Carl Phillips, as well as the minister, Jason Erb. Pearl, the astrophysicist, as well as the minister's assistant, Francesca Pang. Professor Bathurst, Bethany Knapp, Colonel Smith, Robert Downs, Bert Langham, the pilot, John Rose, and Margaret in the choir, Kim Sutherland Mills. Queen's University principal, Daniel Wolfe, played himself, and you can catch his show, Dark Glasses, every Monday at 2 p.m. here on CFRC. Special thanks to the St. Andrew's Presbyterian Choir of Kingston, who sang Nearer My God to Thee. CFRC is located on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee. Thank you for tuning in. Good night. This show is produced in collaboration with CFRC at Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario, with infrastructure support from Queen's Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science. CFRC is located on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Find more great podcasts at podcasts.cfrc.ca.